Israel and Hamas war. Right now we're in an active combat zone. Behind me you can see cars that are fully burnt. You might even be able to hear the gunfire that's going on behind me. We've brought the international media to see firsthand the horrific, the horrible sights that where innocent civilians were killed. Yeah, innocent. Absolutely innocent. Are you listening to this? This is real. Listen to that gunfire. Fighting for Allah. Isn't that shooting? Real sound from a real place. Israel and their conflict with Hamas. So the sounds of Hamas attacking Israel, the sounds of Israel striking back in an active combat zone. Think about that. We just heard it. Gunfire, bombs, rockets, more and more weaponry. And citizen journalists, some are members of the Israeli Defense Forces, capturing combat in real time. As of this recording, a hospital was blown up in Gaza. Israel's being blamed for it, but there is evidence that has come out that would suggest otherwise that it was actually Hamas blowing up that hospital. Why anyone would even have the nerve to judge Israel and their military forces, their armed forces, to judge them after Hamas aggressively attacked Israeli civilians on October 7th, 2023, a Shabbat day, by the way, and a day they were celebrating, having a joyous festival, celebrating 50 years of victory in the 1973 war. So much moral distortion of this conflict and hate is being spewed out of the UN. Also coming out of U.S. Congress, the squad or I like to call them the four horsewomen of the apocalypse and the sons and the daughters of hell that Bernie Sanders has produced to hate the rich, the successful, and the blessed, and to always, no matter who or what, stand inside with the grievances of people groups that have failed at life. It's moral distortion being spewed. Ask the Palestinian people, Read it in the news. Watch it on your YouTubes. What are they saying? Do they believe that the Jewish state, the Jewish people, the state of Israel, all of that, however you ask it, do you ask them, do you believe they have a right to exist? What are the Palestinians going to say? 
I'm not even just talking about their Hamas groups, their terrorist groups, their military, their leaders, whatever. Ask the civilians, do you, do you believe the Jews have a right to exist? What are they going to say? What are they going to say in Gaza? <laughs> They're going to say, no, they don't have a right to exist. They don't believe they should be a people. Also ask yourself, are any of the Arab neighbors, the loving people of Islam who shout and holler, Allahu Akbar, are they opening their doors to the Palestinians for help? I don't see it. Not at all. The militant Islamic world is different than other parts of and other groups of Islam. It's kind of like Christianity. There's different groups and thoughts within us. There's still the same thing in the world of Muslims. I've actually met Muslims who are delightful. They have great restaurants around here. Uh, some of them have, I've done banking with. Uh, some, of, some of them I've seen, you know, they've done things for uh, my family. You can dwell peacefully with those people who want to dwell peacefully. And uh, they're, they're here to work, they're here to serve. And you got Muslims like that even in Israel. They're not all militant about their religion. But there is a group within the Islamic community that is militant, that actually hates all people groups outside of themselves. The, 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 the people of Hamas, Gaza down there, all of that, they're racists. They cannot stand the Jewish faith, the Jewish people, the Israelite Semitic race that they are to exist you want to see real racism? Look at what is being spewed out of Gaza, and you will see it. That militant Islamic world, after reading a lot of their writings, studying a little here and there of what they're all about, they would like for the whole world to die, it seems like. They would like to conquer it all, wage jihad. They call themselves, who are martyred for this call, this cause, shahids. And they train up their children from a young age to not fear death, to die for the cause of jihad. Jaids, jihad. Yeah, it's jihad, excuse me. I don't know the language. And they believe the most notable thing for a Muslim to do is to die the death of a shahid. They believe they have a great reward in their Islamic heaven someday. They preach and teach death. Death, 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 death. It's like they want to die. That's what the Palestinians want, death in that branch of Islam. Does Israel teach that to their children? Death, death, death? No. Israel actually wants to live. They actually want to prosper, and they actually want to be a force of good upon the earth. I'm not a politician. I'm not a Jew. I'm Justin Gleason, and I talk about what I know about. Do you? The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Take God's love to another level in your life by giving to the ministry of this podcast. Give an offering through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Thanks and be blessed. Rather than studying what the news is saying, let's just go to our Bibles regarding Israel. You know, as one is Pentecostals, most of the audience that engages with this show is, if you're not, we welcome you. We're glad you're with us. It is easy for us to 
um, only focus on the things that I guess we experience in the Bible and to not think about anyone else. Well, your Bible is full of things about Israel, full of things about the promises of God for Israel. Before there was a church, there was Israel, and God had a plan and purpose and uh, had prophetic destiny, a prophetic destiny upon Israel. But through, through their rejection of that covenant, the Lord tore it up and went after another one, and that is the covenant that he gave us through Jesus Christ. But has the Lord made a complete end of Israel? No, he's going to come back to him there in the end. So let's just take a look at our Bible and see what God has to say about Israel. Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 29. The apostle says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should become wise in your own opinion. Hmm. That blindness is in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. How about that? Don't be wise in your own opinion. <laughs> A lot of that going around these days. People broadcasting their ignorance on the internet about this situation. Without any God, Bible, or church or Bible, just what they say. You know, I hear at these little Christian girls, we, we have to be concerned about the Palestinians too. <laughs> You know, not having any understanding of what war is, what war does, what, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I want to side with God. I want to side with what the Lord thinks about it. <laughs> and my Bible has no prophetic promises for Palestine, for any of those nations round about, but the Bible has over and over spoken, I will bless those who bless Israel and I will curse those who curse Israel and he will fight for Israel. But as far as a church standpoint goes, it's it's like for us, some people think it's just a nation like any other nation and, and nations in conflict or nations in conflict and nations that we have an alliance with. We should keep those alliances and whatever. It's it's like a completely secular view of the whole situation. You dive deeper into your Bible. Israel is in your Bible in generations past in generations now and generations. Yes, in the future. You see, if you study any church history in your Bible, you will find that the church was first persecuted, not by the Greeks, not by the Romans, not by the Ottomans. We were first persecuted by Jews. We were first persecuted by Jews within Israel. And because of that, a lot of uh, Christians felt because of this persecution that God no longer cared for the Jews. He gave up on the Jews. And because of this persecution, uh, now, judgment and rejection and annihilation has come upon them. Well, they got part of that right. Yes, there's judgment, you know. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, who was it? Caiaphas said uh, to Pilate, let his blood, Jesus' blood, be on us and our children. Okay, that's what he wished. That's what he prophesied. That's what he proclaimed. And so that may have just happened, right? That could be what's going on here. But I don't think that God has given up on Israel, 
And he has, and he can. He made a promise. God can't go back on his word. So Paul corrects this issue, I think, to Christians on how they should feel about Jews, even though they were the first uh, to persecute us. After all, we're supposed to love our enemies, pray for our enemies, turning the other cheek and all of that. But this passage here gives us a good summary, a synopsis of how to feel about it. Paul says a blindness has come to Israel, and it's blindness to God and God's plan. You know, Jews can become Christians. They can be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost while still keeping a Jewish uh, cultural aspect about themselves. There is That is permitted in Christianity. But so many of them have just been blinded by it. They could not see their Messiah. They missed their Messiah, and they are still, I guess, stuck and bound under a law that has been broken, a covenant that no longer exists. But that doesn't mean God hasn't given up on them and has a plan for them. You see, there's going to come a fullness of the Gentiles, and that does mean Gentile nations, or they I think they call us the Goyim. <laughs> Goyim is an epic word. <laughs> It's 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 kind of like in the Hispanic community, their term gringo, which I love that term, by the way, which I found out is derogatory in some uh, groups uh, in the in the Hispanic community. So, But I don't know. I like to think of myself as gringo when I'm around them. Right. It's probably because there's a restaurant in town. They have this cheese dip. It's called gringo dip that I've just loved. And it's it's a white uh queso that's really good so but anyway goyim i'm considered goyim probably most of you listening to this are considered goyim we're the gentiles and gentiles have been granted by god to have a power i think spiritually and and in the secular in a secular sense power in a secular sense in that uh, gentile nations do have still a foothold in israel they always have now, there was only a certain space in time, I think, during the time of David and Solomon when all the enemies of Israel were cast out and Israel was able to enjoy the promise that God had given to those people long ago that their borders would be secure and only Israel would inhabit that promised land. But before then and after then, it's not been so. There have been Goyim, or Gentiles, pagan people inhabiting that land and having a power over it. Okay, And then also I think it speaks of just the Gentiles that would be in the church of the living God. Church of the living God is primarily, its constituency is primarily Gentile. It really is. A lot of us do not come from Abraham. Some of us may come from Shem, but a lot of us come from Japheth and some from Ham. So yeah, that we don't have that inheritance so there, God is waiting for the fullness of those of the Gentiles, us, to come to pass. And then fullness is coming back to Israel here upon the earth when that time comes. All Israel will be saved, Paul says, New Testament. But he does make a distinction concerning the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, the message that we preach. The Jews don't preach it. They don't believe it. They rejected it. So therefore, from a gospel standpoint, they have made themselves our enemy. But concerning the election, it says there in Romans 11, Israel is beloved. Israel is beloved. So you see that? There's a distinction between the gospel and the election. And you've really got to understand this uh, if you're going to have a good grasp on Bible prophecy. Because some people, especially the post-tribulation people, they they have to believe God is done with Israel. And all those prophecies and, and the prophets of the Old Testament and then the New Testament have nothing to do with Israel, but it's the church. 
It's the church who will suffer. It's the church who will be beheaded. It's the church that will rise again and and inhabit this world uh, for a thousand years with Jesus Christ. You know, right? But no, a lot of the Bible prophecies have nothing to do with the church, but everything to do with Israel being gathered together from the four corners, the four winds of the earth by the, the angels, and a kingdom is set up by Messiah there in the land of Israel for a thousand years to fulfill his word and promises uh, to the patriarchs, through the prophets, to the, to the Israelite forefathers. But us, our inheritance is not here upon the earth. It's not Jerusalem. It's new Jerusalem in heaven. It's not a tabernacle here on the earth. It's the tabernacle in heaven. It's not. This world is not our home, okay? We're just passing through. So when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, that a part of that is the pre-tribulation catching away of the church. So if the church is in heaven, prophecy is fulfilled. We've been judged. We've been redeemed. We've been reconciled to Jesus Christ. So what's left here on the earth? It is Israel. That's right. They're the ones that are going to have to go through that. It's God's plan. It's been his plan all along, and they will be the elect that will be saved and will be chosen after the tribulation. Most of flesh and mankind are going to die. Uh, If you want to have a a literal interpretation of Revelation, only 144,000 are going to be spared. Think of it like this. Noah and his family, the whole world perished by the flood. How many were saved? Eight souls. Well, after the tribulation, how many souls, how many people are going to live through that? Maybe 144,000. I don't know. But I think it's going to be a small remnant within Israel. And yes, some nations uh, throughout the earth that are going to come and find their way back to Israel to repopulate the earth for a thousand years. Okay. So that's what uh, Paul is talking about in Romans. Concerning the season, uh, 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 this dispensation of grace and gospel, all of that, the church has a promise, and that is we're going to go to heaven. The fullness of the Gentiles comes, that's going to happen. And then what is left? Oh, all out war on the earth. Church will be gone. And only Israel will be remain. That's Daniel's prophecy. They who know their God shall uh, be strong and do exploits. Okay. So this is why I tend to stand with Israel because they have a prophetic promise upon them. So I don't stand with Israel because I hate the Arabs. I hate Palestine. I don't. As much as I believe Israel should exist, I believe Palestine should exist in some way or fashion or form uh, with, without breaching the covenant promises of God and without breaching the covenants and, and, and agreements that they've made amongst themselves there. But there's still a group, that militant Islamic attitude, that terrorist attitude that, uh, that does, just doesn't want to do with that. So that's where it is for me, okay? All right. So yeah, think about God's covenant to Abraham. I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you. It's not speaking to the church. It's speaking to Israel, the plan and purpose that God has with Israel. So a lot of persecution happened to the Jews in, in, during the Dark Ages in Europe. And what came after that? Black plague is what they called it. The, the germ-infested rats. Took them a while to figure it out, but they, they did, thankfully. But then you look at Britain. During all of that, how did it grow and survive and thrive and become a world power? Well, they led a lot of crusades to liberate the Jews uh, from the Muslims in Israel. They believed it. And after those crusades, that's when Britain became a power. God blessed them. He blessed them. Look at the United States of America. We're a blessed people. We've been a blessing to the Jews and the Jews have thrived in the United States of America and, and really all over the world. 
That's just that's just God's plan and purpose on them. They thrive in this earth. You and I, we thrive in heaven. We will thrive in heaven. But yes, here and there on this earth, I believe in the blessings of the Lord. But because of how we treated Israel during the World War II, the 1940s era, because of President Harry S. Truman, not far from me, he's buried, his library's here, for endorsing the state of Israel in 1948, America has thrived and prospered and become a great power and force in the earth. We're, we're just a blessed people, okay? So Israel, their covenant, the only way they fall is if they forsake God. And when they forsake God, God uh, turns his uh, face from them for a, mo- a while and lets them uh, go through a tribulation. He, he really just lets them go through life without him and see what it would be like. And they suffer, and then they run and cry out to God. So, yeah, there's prophecies in the book of Leviticus, chapter 26. Yeah, it's not just about Levites. By the way, when you read your Bible, don't skip over Leviticus. A lot of people do. Check it out. Leviticus 26. God declares to the Levites to declare to the people to remind them that if you forsake me, the enemies will one day come and inhabit your land. But then you read later on in Leviticus 26, verse 44, Israel would never be completely destroyed. It's just not going to happen. Isaiah 49, the Lord likens his his love for Israel like a mother and her baby. And the prophet says, can a mother reject her nursing baby? No, can't. Isaiah wrote this around 700 to 680 B.C., somewhere in there. He foresaw that Israel would reject God. He would, they would reject God, but God would reject them, but not permanently. God can't abandon his baby, Israel. Okay? Isaiah would also prophesy that one day you will seek your enemies and not find them. Isaiah 41, verses 12 through 14. The day is going to come when all the Israel, the enemies of Israel will never be found again. That is Isaiah, Old Testament, your Bible. That day is coming. Their enemies will one day disappear. You know, that's in Revelation too. It is. Read it. Towards the end of Revelation, no Canaanite will be in the land in that day. That's coming. Okay. So another uh, prophecy that uh, 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 in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 29, verses 13 to 16, it's a prophecy against Egypt. A lot of this prophecy, I think, has been fulfilled. Uh, Ezekiel wrote his prophecy around 590 to 570 B.C. Egypt, for it's a prophecy against Egypt concerning Israel. So Egypt for centuries was a strong empire, but it was brought down. It was brought down by Babylon. Uh, since then, it has become an independent nation, but uh, for a long time, it was, it was oppressed and controlled by the Romans, the Ottomans, European nations, all of that. And uh, But then in 1948, 1967, 1973, Egypt tried to dominate Israel again, but each of those times, it was un- unsuccessful. So in spite of all of that, Egypt being 10 times larger than, than Israel... Ezekiel prophesied that Egypt would be brought down. And look at that country. Some of you have been there. It's it's being fulfilled. It's being brought down, and Israel is being enlarged. They're overcoming their enemies. That's what's going to happen to Palestine. That's what's going to happen to uh, Lebanon, the Hezbollah people. That's what's going to happen to Iran. These nations that come against Israel, they're going to be brought down because of the promises of God. Ezekiel also foresaw in chapter 34, Israel would be gathered together back to their land, back to their nations. So that's the prophecies. That's why Paul wrote in the New Testament, Israel will be saved 
because the Old Testament saw it. The Old Testament prophets foresaw it. Jesus spoke about it. And Paul confirms it himself. Israel will be saved in regards to Bible prophecy uh, being the elect, the apple of God's eyes. So what about all these nations that fight against them? Zechariah chapter 14 talks about great plagues that would come against those nations that come against Israel. To be an enemy of Israel is to be an enemy of God. And I, I, I don't want God to destroy the United States. That's why I'd say Americans support Israel. Don't get God mad at you. But be a blessing to Israel and watch the blessings of God come upon you. I don't know if anybody listening to this is not convinced yet that the hand of God is upon Israel. It's not as good as it once was. It's not as good as it could be. But God is not ultimately turned away from them. Yes, Jeremiah said that God divorced Israel like several places. He divorced them. And he remarried a Gentile bride that I'm a part of. But once that Gentile bride's in heaven, there's still promises left here upon the earth. He's got to fulfill prophecy. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but fulfill them. And he's going to fulfill all of them before and after the rapture. Praise God. You know, these prophecies about Israel are huge. They're huge. I mean, Jesus knew the, the, the Jerusalem, the temple would, fa- would fall and be trampled underfoot. But he knew and spoke about it not lasting forever. Okay, even after all of that, think about this, okay, Acts chapter 1. Jesus has been resurrected, not been glorified yet, but resurrected and appears on a mountain to all his followers. You know, he's spoken to them about the church, spoken to them about the plan and covenant he has with them in heaven. (laughs) And 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 the disciples stand up and the last thing they ask him, not is, Lord, uh, when we come into heaven, Lord, when when are we going to spend eternity with you? Lord, when is the church going to do this or that? No, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Will you restore the kingdom of Israel? During the time of Roman occupation, will you restore at this time the kingdom of Israel? You know why? Because they're looking at all of those Old Testament prophecies about Israel. Does Jesus say, no, there is no restoration for Israel? No, he doesn't say that. He says, it's not given to you to know the times and seasons of that prophecy. You know, it's coming. It's coming. But he said, go be the church. Go get the power and tell everybody about me. Okay. So that's, and that had, that happened. They forgot about Israel. Instead, focused on the church of the living God. Because it's a better covenant. It's a better promise. But Israel still has a covenant and promise. Not as good as ours as the church, but it's still there. Okay. All right, Isaiah said this, Isaiah 8, uh, that Israel would be blinded. They wouldn't see it, but they would look upon the disciples of Messiah. And those disciples would become signs and wonders to Israel. And I believe Israel secretly, they may not openly talk about it, but they look at the blessings of the real church of the living God. And they've got to know we've got something. And I hope they know that we respect them for it. If it weren't for Israel, there would have been no Jesus, no Jesus, no church. Okay, so don't judge Israel for their downfalls. Don't look upon them in, in disgust. No, look upon them as a blessed people that have the promises of God that are going to one day be fulfilled. And I'm not going to get away in, in, the way, in the way of it at all. Okay. All right. So, yeah, um, 
Israel has sin. And when they sin, like it says in the book of Leviticus, they're turned over to captivity. Okay? That's what happens. You know, they rejected Joseph. And uh, look what happened. They all went down into Egypt and had to get out of there. Uh, They rejected God for idols, and look what happened. Babylon took over. They rejected Jesus in Rome, and many other nations came against them. But since that time in 1948, Israel has been regathered and has become a state. You know what this means? The time of the Gentiles is slowly closing. One day you and I are going to be caught up into heaven. It's like Enoch. He was caught up before the flood. Okay, He was caught up before the flood. It's like Elijah. Uh, He was caught up before all of the destruction of Israel. And you and I are going to be like that as the church of the living God. But down here on the earth, God will not forsake the elect. He did not forsake Noah and his family. God did not ultimately forsake the generations that would have to encounter the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Greeks, and the Romans. Okay, Israel, if you're listening to this, God is with you. Keep fighting. God's going to send a fire on the wall of Gaza. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Shalom Aleichem. The Justin C. Gleason podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and more. Press follow and become a loyal listener. Give a five-star rating and write a great review. You can also get more content from me at the Life Church KC podcast. You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. So uh, my cousin, Paul Pamer, pastors the Apostolic Church in Barberton, Ohio, sent me a link to a news article, and it's Halloween-related. It's entitled, Dead Body Mistaken for Halloween Decoration. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, Pastor Paul didn't uh, have any commentary on it, just like the, the palm-to-the-face little icon in the, <laughs> in the iPhone. <laughs> It's crazy. I'm trying not to laugh. There's a part of this that's funny and a part of it that's not. But it's a it's an article posted by DailyWire.com, October 18th, 2023, uh, by the journalist Ashy Show. Epic name. But yeah, there was a dead body mistaken for a Halloween decoration. So what happened? A, a man was found dead in front of a home in North Carolina. The lawn care workers had been mowing grass around the body for days thinking it was Halloween decor. Oh, my goodness. That is where, that's, what, that's what Halloween has become. That is what it's become. It's very difficult to make a distinction between what is real and what it's not. It's like inception with dreams. So yeah, these lawn care workers mowing around a dead body for days and thought it was a mannequin. And I, you know, it's easy to think all those dumb, you know, landscapers, they don't know anything. No, there's sharp people got to be sharp to do that kind of work. Okay. And they're focused this time of year, headed into winter. But this is what Halloween has become. The decor, the costumes, the decoration, the movies, everything about Halloween has become so, the fantasy has become so real that it's deceiving the the people to believe that this fantasy around it is just um, making real evil not real because the fantasy is so 
big and great. I mean, have you seen people's yards this Halloween season? The graveyards, the headstones, hands coming up out of it like zombies, the ghost hanging from trees, which look like real demonic spirits. They do. I've seen them. Uh, What about this tall skeleton mummy looking thing? Oh, is that hideous? Scary. I mean, creep you drive past it and your toes curl in your shoes. This world has become fascinated with making fun and fantasy and pretending during Halloween that it's great to be terrorized by ghosts and goblins and witches and vampires and zombies. And I don't understand it. It's kind of like the moral distortion of Israel striking Hamas back for their Horrible attack on their innocent civilians there in the cities of the Negev, southern Israel. I don't understand why anybody would even judge Israel in this time. And I kind of have the same perplexity here about Halloween. Why in the world are we doing Halloween during a time when it's we're just in an age when there's like daily awareness for fear, depression, and anxiety and all kinds of mental illness? It's prevalent. Hear and see about it every day. Every day in every way, mental illness, fear, depression, and anxiety. Both from a secular standpoint and the the church, a spiritual standpoint. Look at our apostolic podcast. You scroll through them, you know what you're going to see like every third or fourth episode? Something about mental illness. Something about depression. Something about anxiety and fear. You get on the news, what do you see? Mental illness. Somebody snapped. Somebody committed suicide. Somebody's bipolar, somebody this and that. Why is Halloween even allowed? Is this good for people's mental health? It's not. The last thing we need is to see big, tall skeletons, scaring kids, making adults nervous. It's just weird. I don't get it. Why the open uh, display exhibiting fear, exhibiting death? Exhibiting this, it's it's like Hamas in our front yards. <laughs> That's what's going on. The Halloween people have become militant about fear. So you know what I've been doing? I don't know if this is a good idea, but I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. Anytime I see a house that it's like, okay, it's it's not just fun and cute. You know, you had like the, the a Snoopy, the Peanuts Halloween. Okay, that's harmless. That's funny. That's a cute little cartoon. You have those little shows out there. And, and, you know, and I'm not fully against Halloween. I believe in churches doing that trunk or treat stuff. We've taken out the paganism. We've taken out the fear. We've taken out the death. And we just make it cute. Kids get to dress in a church family friendly little costume. You know, girls get to be a little princess. Boys get to be a prince. <laughs> you know, girls get to be a, their favorite farm animal. And boys get to be their favorite superhero. They come up to the church. The parents got their trunks decorated in some cool, creative way. Like we had a, a, a family, our, our head usher, Brother Ryan Moore, his family decorated their trunk to look like Costco. And they were offering like free samples, <laughs> dressed up like the, the server people. It was hilarious. I loved it. That's fun. That's a way to celebrate fall. You know, we did the hayride. We did a campfire with chocolate chip cookie s'mores. Uh, we had a uh, a bouncy slide, which was epic. We even brought in a petting zoo. Got to pet llamas and goats and little sheep. And, and they did a pony ride for the kids. Now, what's wrong with that? 
That is celebrating the beauty of fall. But Halloween wants to distort that and, and take away the beauty that God gave us in this time and season of the changing of the trees and and to prepare us before a hard winter. He makes earth and creation so beautiful before winter. But it's like the world is saying, let me give you a glimpse of hell. That's what it is. People are bringing hell to their front yard. And so this is what I've been doing. I don't know if this is a good idea or not. I've been praying that people that put that garbage in their house and in their front yards, that the real, the real darkness of this world shows itself into them. And they realize that demons are not pretend, that ghosts are not pretend, (laughs) that death, yes, is a reality and it will come knocking on their door. I don't know. It's like the prodigal son. He didn't realize what he what he had all along until he was there with the pigs and the mud and the slop and the muck and the mire. And I think people need to wake up and realize they need God in their life because Halloween is not pretend. It is real. And the pagan world and witchcraft is gaining traction. You go into a bookstore. It used to be you'd, you'd walk in and, and uh, see books about economics and, and books about business and books about health and books about fitness and exercise and and motorcycles and cool cars and science but now you walk in and it's witchcraft and some other book about racial grievances and then a book about yoga but yeah there's a lot of books in there about witchcraft and books about lgbtq (laughs) all i see is halloween yeah so as the church of the living God, don't let Halloween uh, make you think that the spirit world is just pretend. Who knows? There may be a, a situation in your life and you're like that lawn lawnmower guy and you're just mowing around thinking, oh, it's not real. No, no. My kid can't be demon possessed. They're Holy Ghost filled. Meanwhile, your kid is sucked into anime, into porn and and, and has a, a, a gay friend that you don't know about. And you're mowing your grass around your kid thinking, oh, they're fine. It's great. It's just Halloween. Nothing to see here. We've got to be watchful and prayerful in this time and season. For the enemy is going about to devour. So you better learn what a lion looks like. Learn what a lion smells like. That's right. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices in this time and season folks god is coming back the signs are all around us so uh, put away your distractions and get focused thank you for listening (laughs) 